Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin. Today we take a look at S-REITs. Are they still an attractive investment in a low rate and moderate growth environment? Some say these are the backdrops against which these real estate trusts perform best. But to help us take the pulse of the S-REIT market, I have invited back Gabriel Yap, Chairman of GCP Global. How are you, Gabriel? Good morning, Michelle. It's always good to hear you and it's always good to be on your media. So definitely feeling good and even better today. Wow, you're sounding really relaxed. That's great to hear. All right, Gabriel, um, I was reading interesting commentary saying that the market looks to be pricing in too much downside for retail and office Singapore listed real estate investment trusts. Your overall take on the sector, given what you've seen so far? Well, it's been something that we've been saying in our regular investment classes, the last of which was uh, just last month, where we have actually told many people, and our, our, as well as our investor students, to actually be positioned for retail, simply because uh, as of last month, uh, the retail REITs, mainly CMT, MCT, FCT, was still priced at 30% below the pre-COVID prices, when there were a few things that were already happening. That is actually, if you look at FCT, have mentioned that the traffic flow has actually gone up to about 30% below the traffic level before the pre-COVID level. Shops are actually opening up. Um, the earlier fears pertaining to uh, rental reversion, pushback, uh, more provision to be made, you know, looking at the second quarter results, that's not coming through. So as it is, you know, the market's normally pricing the worst. And then that's that's the best option type to be getting into those REITs before the real fundamentals come into full play. And in this case, we are seeing gradual, steady improvement. All right. Well, speaking of um, malls, let's talk about a subject that I know you're passionate about. Is the worst over for Lipo uh, Malls Indonesia Retail Trust? So the manager announced that the trust is set to acquire the strata title units of Lipo Mall Puri at a revised purchase consideration of $330.2 million. What do you make of this strategy to replace mature malls with newer malls said to have higher growth potential? Um, I actually am scratching my head, Michelle, in regards to this acquisition because um, the mall uh, is going to cost the REIT $330.2 million. The market cap for this particular REIT has shrunk from $800 million to $345 million um, as of today. So the thing is that this uh, new acquisition at $330 million is going to constitute 96% of you know, the market cap. Mm-hmm. Now, how are they going to finance it? That's point number one. Two is that the gearing level is already close to 42%. <clears throat> so I think you don't need to be a very sharp person to know that the bulk of this acquisition, now that it's coming through, is going to go through, is going to be heavily financed by a deeply discounted price, which means that if you are a shareholder of Lipper Mall and you do not pick up the... Uh, the uh, the rights issue, you know, uh, you are going to suffer severe dilution. You know, it's basically one of the stocks that we have told our students to avoid at all costs for the last five years. And you can see 
that the share price have actually <clears throat> moved in the direction that we have actually mentioned. That's down 45 cents, down to 22 cents last year, and still down to 11 cents this year. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm just surprised. You know that an acquisition of this, you know, can even be sought after by the manager or the sponsor, you know, uh, in this regard, you know, considering its market cap, considering its gearing ratio at this juncture. All right, very clear there. Speaking of down, Singapore REITs receive less net institutional inflows if we look at the June to August period, uh, according to data from the Singapore Exchange. 13 trusts of the S-REIT sector saw net institutional inflows over 12 weeks. Amongst these, uh, Sabana REIT, which saw the S-REIT sector's highest proportionate net institutional inflows during this period at 1%. However, its total return dropped 17% year to date. So if we take a look at uh, what's happening with Sabana REIT and the ESR REIT merger, MAS has clarified that uh, its regulatory framework does not prohibit a shareholder group from owning substantial stakes in two real estate investment trusts. Uh, managers managing REITs invest in the same property class. I don't want to get too caught up in the um, twists and turns of this merger, but what do you make of what's happened so far? What does this mean for Sabana REIT and ESR REIT? I would say, Michelle, that for this particular merger, there are a few lessons that are are very apparent and should be gleaned and should be learned by REIT investors. Um, You know, one is that um, there are a couple of uh, institutional funds positioned into Sabana to actually take into account that if a beat for Sabana, you know, is coming to fruition, then maybe they will pay close, in this case, the the acquirer, that's ESR, is likely to pay closer towards the NAV level. But the thing is that, you know, it's quite clear now, you know, that ESR is not going to pay an EOTA above the 27% discount with NAV. So if you actually have a REIT with depreciating asset, and in this case they are because they're industrial properties, and most of them are less than 30 years ago, which means that with each passing year, the capital value actually decreases. And in this case, it's very apparent in Sabana. So Sabana, which is also on a avoid at all costs for the last five years in our investment classes, fell into this category. Um, So in this case, uh, the institution involvement is only um, betting that, you know, you're going to get a better offer. So it's not going to come through. So if it's going to go through at this current price, then you have a case where, wow, you know, uh, REITs like Sabana can be swallowed at 25% discount with NAV. Two is that the exposure of uh, Sabana REIT uh, holders at a gearing of less than 30% at mm. Sabana currently, you know, will be swapped for exposure to ex- an expanded ESR with exposure for gearing at 42%, which again means that there is a, actually a danger of a, a a deeply discounted rights call, you know. So mm-hmm. both ways, uh, for Sabana, shareholders, you will lose out. Bottom line is very simple. When you buy a REIT, mm-hmm. make sure that you only have the good REITs in your portfolio. Those that are not likely to perform um, or uh, for, which the, for which a discount actually exists, you know. But the, the reason behind those discounts, if they're not being actually uh, realized at the market level, then it's time to get off of this read, you know, and you should have done it five years ago in your portfolio. 
All right. We are speaking with Gabriel Yap, chairman of GCP Global. In case you missed it, he was our guest in our first ever Money Matters online webinar. And he had a lot to say about Ascendus REIT. So I want to head back there. A REIT, uh, Gabriel, which also received net institutional inflows um, over the last month. But its share price has declined some 8.2% in August. Growing market volatility, weakened global economic outlook. What is your take? on Ascendus read? I'm still bullish on that, Michelle. I mm. think uh, if you look at the uh, August performance, it was down 8%. But if you take the first eight months performance, there are 42 reads in Singapore. Mm-hmm. There are only six that posted year-to-date positive growth. The best performer, of course, has been our perennial favorite, Capital DC read. Uh, Ascendus, on a full-year performance so far, has actually posted a 12% gain. So it's one of the six you know, out of the whole 42. I think essentially, if you look at Sabana, it gives you great exposure into e-commerce. That's actually um, the industrial sector benefiting from e-commerce arising from COVID-19. But more importantly, as you speak, you know, to, and you look at the other REITs in the industrial sector, example, like Prologis in, uh, in the US, they're actually reporting not only higher um, occupancy levels in all the industrial houses, you know, um, warehouses. Um, it's the same thing. The rentals are also moving up. Ascenders is also saying this, but they are being more cautious by guiding for flat reversions. You know, so if you look at the latest results, you notice that in all segments of the market they are in, other than industrial park, all of them saw positive rental revisions. Now, when you actually examine further the industrial park, why they actually have fallen is because of misclassification of one particular tenant. If not, the the uh, the rental revision picture is on the positive side with rising occupancies. So it, that's why it continues to remain one of our favourites. All right. What do you think of Ascenders REIT's uh, newly proposed securities program? So it's established a 7 billion euro medium term securities program to possibly finance new acquisitions, new developments. Um, what what? How do you read this in terms of risk when when dealing with Ascenders REIT? Well, I'm all for it, Michelle, because I think uh, when it comes to REIT, it's, it's, it's a matter of steadiness for one aspect, mm. the other aspect is being opportunistic. So right now, the market, you know, it's really primed to be opportunistic. I think in the sense that logistics assets, if you do not acquire them, you notice in the last three months after COVID, the cap rate, you know, for most of the European reads, um, as well as actually the US um, uh, properties have actually strung by between 70 basis points to 100 basis points. I'm saying that's because ascenders have exposure in the UK as well as actually in uh, the US. And they have indicated the greater presence in this uh, two particular regions as well as in Australia, other than, of course, Singapore. Mm-hmm. Even in Singapore, you sell itself, you, if you look at some of the few uh, and sporadic um, uh, transactions on the industrial side, you can see that even the cap rates have actually strung from about 68 6.7% now to 61 6.2% already. All right, let's take a look. Did you say Keppel Reed was one of your favourites? 
Oh, no, no. Capital D series. Capital D series. All so right. One is in data center, one is in office. Yes, yes. Let's talk about the one with the grade A commercial office space in prime business districts. Keppel Reit, $8 billion in assets under management in Singapore, Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Perth and Seoul. So it's announced a, a buyback program, a DPU buyback program. What do you think of it? Does it make this um, an attractive investment right now? Not really so because um, they started this uh this uh, share buyback program two seasons ago and um, they have uh, two seasons was the goal was great in the sense that, that uh, the price then versus the book value the discount element was as high as 28 30 percent uh, right now the discount element has actually narrowed you know so in that regard the the program while being beneficial to capital rate potential um, um, DPU going ahead, uh, it will not be as good as what we saw two seasons ago. You know, so um, it really boils down to its property right now. Um, and some of the properties, especially in Australia, while they are actually seeing some of the positive rentals being flowed through, uh, the unfortunate aspects because the only dollars weaken against the Singapore dollar. So when you actually do a translation back to Singapore dollar, because they report in Singapore dollars, and you notice that, you know, the uh, the uh, positive flow uh, in terms of the GPU is not being shown up in the accounts and, and in the latest set of results. Okay, well, because we mentioned it, uh, we have to go there now. Keppel DC REIT is the worst over for it. Well, how are you looking at its financials as we sit on the second day of September? Keppel um, Reed or Keppel DC? Keppel DC. Okay, Keppel DC is basically data center. Uh, it's one of our favorite uh, read because when we first recommended in our investment classes in 2016, the price is 114. Right now, you're talking about two, what, $3. So that's an up of 255%. I remain ultra bullish wow. uh, on the Keppel um, DC as well as the, as well as the data center. Um, uh, sector, you know, because you actually read and you will follow mm-hmm. very closely the data centers across the world, the big ones like uh, um, um, in terms of the read sector, the Equinix, your Core Realty, Cyrus Mond, um, this and digital, they are trading in the US. They are all reporting a few things, you know, that is actually cloud computing will continue, you know, to increase as much as 27% from per year from now to 025. And hey, Michelle, 2025 is like barely five years away, you know. So um, mm-hmm. if you actually, what this numbers mean is that at a CAGR of 27%, you are doubling capacity every every uh, uh, three, three and a half years. And then, you know, all these data centers actually cater the big boys. You see, the, the big boys are mm-hmm. basically your uh, Microsoft Azure, your you know, Google Cloud, your Amazon AWS, no, all of them, all of them are reporting bigger capacities. And um, more so other than just e-commerce, 5G that's coming, you know, cloud computing, you know, and one of the hottest IPO that I think that I'm watching now, Mm -hmm. which will IPO very soon, you know, in in this current quarter, is actually, you know, um, 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 this this, this company called Snowflake, you see, Mm -hmm. you know, Snowflake is it's not near, you know, like the song says, snowflakes and daffodils, butterflies and bees. Oh. You know, that in a song, all kinds of everything. Now, Snowflake, 
I think could be one of the hottest IPO because it is actually buying data capacity from uh, Amazon, Microsoft, Google Cloud, and they operate above the cloud. And for com- com- customers of Snowflake, they will buy and pay as and when. You know, so if you're going to have layers like Snowflake, mm. uh, uh, Microsoft that's demanding this, they're going to drive data for uh, uh, um, capacity needed for the DC REITs, uh, data center REITs. You know, that's basically including your Equinix, your core realty in the US. And that, that same thing is going to flow through to Singapore. And Capital DC is one of the rare names in Asia data center. So I think uh, generally for most fund managers, you know, on the macro perspective, and we are, uh, we will still want to remain very much exposed in the data center uh, sector. It wouldn't be a show without you singing. I think we have to make it a regular thing. We hear Gabriel uh, singing on air. <laughs> you know, it brightens up our day. Uh, do, in terms of how Keppel DC REIT is sharing its profits with shareholders, do you think it is efficiently reinvesting its profits? Well, it's basically done one of the most astounding DPU jump in the first half results. Uh, this is the first double-digit um, uh, jump, you know, of a Singapore REIT in this particular quarter. Of course, the second REIT that had did a double-digit jump is actually ascenders in the trust. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you know, for full transparency purpose, I have to mention that I'm also one of the top 20 shareholders of ascenders in the trust. Um, so both ascenders in the trust and capital DC REIT are the only REITs out of the whole portfolio of 42 REITs in Singapore that reported double-digit jump in DPU. Man, you can't say the same thing of Lippo Mall. You can't say the same thing of Sabana. You know? So one is doing very right. One is not doing, as you know. Oh, what a tale. A very different two tales we've told today. Thank you so you much bet. for joining you us, bet. Gabriel. Thank you, Michelle. Gabriel Yap, Chairman of GCP Global, my guest today in Money and Me. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.